כיסו, אני שמחה ונגיד לה בו, יש נהר שזורם כיסו, אני שמחה ונגיד לה בו, הצמד יבוא וישתה, מים בשפע, מי שישמע יבוא וידע, מים חיים
breaking the dark, piercing the night, made to shine. Bring the world a radiant light.
a step God has prepared for the righteous. Angie didn't just show up here one Sunday. I met Angie when I was a young teenager in church. For just a season, God gave a connection. And you are now entering into seasons of your life where connections that were made a long time ago, God's about to tighten up the circle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so I knew her, I knew of her. I, my wife and I have always honored the incredible anointing that is on her life. She has incredible anointing. Yes. And so we've always honored that. She was traveling with a band that we very, very much loved. God gave her, I didn't have permission to share it, but you get over it. And, uh, <laughs> and, and God had given her direction that she was not going to be singing as much anymore because she was going to enter into a season of speaking. And so she went to a concert thinking, and it even shared with some people, this will be the last time that I sing with you. After that great performance, God wouldn't let her quit. And the band had one more show, and that was at Impact Church. Yeah. Yeah. And so she did a show here, and then right afterwards, the band was no longer together. God picked her up and moved her right here and left her where she's going to transition from not just a singer, but a speaker. You want to thank God. Quit trying to fight the hand that's picking you up and trying to move you in to what is yours to possess. So you're not here by chance, That's right. surprise. In fact, the word chance is not even in the Greek. Nope. There's no such thing as a coincidence in the That's Greek. Right. Yeah. It's a word we make up. God has you here this morning by divine appointment. Amen. 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 Bless God. Amen. No, I mean, go ahead and bless it. miss it and mess it up when it comes to praising the yeah. name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Worship team, you will be seated. Thank the worship team for the worship this morning. The Holy Spirit reminded me. So Danielle, so she so so God's moving her, her on up too. She's not Amen. just singing. She just taught an incredible message on midweek. You need to get there. Yeah. And so check this out. So so she taught and she taught on hold on, it's a cuss word in the church. Hold on. Money. Tithing. Yes. She taught on Thursday night about finances and honoring God with your giving and getting your money in order. Amen. She went to work the next day, shot the next day. Next day. Next day. And her boss called her in and said, we're giving you a raise. Yeah. Obedience is the language of blessing. Yeah. Now give God a shout out that is your praise. Bible. Amen. God has been 
talking to me, several of us, about fire. Shout fire. Fire! In the last few weeks, we've learned a little bit about fire. We, we learned that in Acts, we read about the Apostle Paul that got on a ship and he thought it was going to take him somewhere and he got nowhere. Anybody ever thought they were going somewhere and got nowhere? And so when he was shipwrecked and he ended up on the island and there was just the ruins of the ship, he did not try to rebuild the ship. He just went ahead and built fire. And we're living in a season where we have to stop trying to build what is broken and what got us nowhere and simply build fire. Shout build fire. Last week we talked about that when God delivered the people of Israel from slavery and bondage and captivity and persecution, that he said to them, I will be with you by day in cloud and night by Fire. And night by, Fire. he said, I'll, I'll be with you. I will manifest my Shekinah glory will be with you cloud by day, fire by night for this reason. So that you can have movement day or night. Yeah. And we need the fire of God, the dwelling place of God. We need the manifestation of God's presence so that we can move in the dark hours. We need his presence so that we can continue to walk forward in the moments of isolation and depression and anxiety. We need his presence so that while we're rejected, we can continue to move forward. We need his presence so that in our grieving, we can continue to move forward. Shout and praise him. I need fire so that I can move in the dark hours. So I've come to tell you that if you're in a dark hour or a dark season of your life, you don't have to set up camp. The fire of God creates visibility so that you can continue to walk towards your destiny, walk towards God's provision, walk towards God's blessing in the dark hours of your life. God's got fire that creates visibility so you can see in the seasons of isolation. Hallelujah. That's right. That's right. This morning, I want to backtrack before God ever sets them free and they begin that journey and show you when God first appears to Moses in the in the fire because there is such a a picture a prophetic picture here to us as a church in this season that we're in but in, in chapter 2 Exodus chapter 2 in verse 11 it says years later after Moses had grown up. Shout grown up. Years later, after Moses had grown up, he went to his own people and observed, observed the forced labor and he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his own people. Looking around and seeing no one, he struck the Egyptian dead and hit him in the sand. The next day he went out and saw two Hebrews fighting. He said, what are you attacking your neighbor for? One of them said to them, are you going to kill me the way you killed the Egyptians? So your Bible says, first of all, that after all of this, Moses grew up. You need to take a moment this morning and thank God that you're still growing when you could have been dead. Yeah. Despite the attempt of a pharaoh to kill 
Moses, despite the fact that as a baby he was placed into a river with alligators and crocodiles, though there was an attempt to stop him from ever living, he's all grown up. You need to thank God that every time the devil has tried to take you out, that God put somebody in your path to deliver you and to save you. You need to thank God that I'm still growing up because I'm still showing up. I said I'm still growing up because I'm still showing up. You need to thank God that every weapon that has ever been formed against you has not prevailed. That divorce was not the finality of your life. That season of depression was not the nail in the coffin. God is still up to something and is getting you to where he always intended for you to be. Amen. My God, I shout that after, years later, after all of the attacks of the enemy, Moses has grown up and, and he grew up very well. God put some people into his life that, that raised him up as an Egyptian, though he was a Hebrew. And here, Moses was always intended to be the deliverer of God's people. That was his destiny. Yeah. That was always the plan. But here we see that Moses, after he's been delivered and saved and he's grown up, he's raised up with royalty, and, and he has an awareness that I'm a Hebrew, but I've been raised by Egyptians. He very well could have been the next Pharaoh. And if he was not the next Pharaoh, he definitely would have been one of the Pharaoh's top people. And so God could have used Moses to deliver the people from Israel as Pharaoh himself. It could have been a very easy thing for God to use Moses to deliver the people of Israel. He was on his way to either be the Pharaoh or be one of Pharaoh's men, and he could have made a decision without a war, without a battle. He could have simply made the executive decision, you're going to let the Hebrews go because God has elevated me to this place. But here's what happens. Moses attempts to step into his destiny without the anointing and the covering of God. He steps out and your Bible says that he sees an Egyptian that is beating up on a Hebrew. And so the Bible says that then Moses looks to his left and he looks to his right. That's God's way of letting you know that this wasn't just an act of rage. Moses was a premeditated murderer. He looked around to see, is anybody watching what I'm about to do? He had time to think and ponder about it. It wasn't just a rush of emotion that, that caused him to become a murderer. You need to be careful about what you're thinking of. Amen. Amen. And Moses looked around thinking nobody was watching. Somebody's always watching. That's right. Amen. I'm about to preach you somewhere this morning. And so he kills the man, and then he tries to bury it in the sand, tries to hide it. You and I have hid so many things in the sand because we were afraid if anybody ever found out what we did, they never had anything to do with us again. And the fear of somebody finding out all the things that are in our closet. I'm talking about me. You're talking about the backslidden preacher that messed up more than once. I know what it's like to try to step out with good motives and want to do right. And the next thing you know, we have caused a mess and we try to bury it. And then the fear of ever anyone finding out who we really are causes us turmoil and anxiety. Yeah. 
And then Moses finds out they know about it because he tries to step in and settle the dispute. And they say to Moses, oh, you're just going to kill us like you killed the other Egyptian. And when, when Pharaoh finds out about it, Pharaoh tries to kill Moses. And so Moses goes on the run and is gone in isolation for 40 years, separated from his destiny. I got some good news. Listen to me. God is calling for the Moseses to return to the mountain of God because he's not done with yeah. you. It doesn't matter what your Pharaoh thinks of you. It doesn't matter what your ex-spouse thinks of you. It doesn't matter what your ex-co-worker thinks of you. It doesn't matter what your parents think of you. It doesn't matter what your children know of you. This is what God knows. There is destiny on your life. Yeah. And it doesn't matter how many times you mess it up. It doesn't matter how many plan B's God's got to have for you, the pen is still in his hand. You can't mess up your story. God could have used Moses as Pharaoh, but instead he uses him as a shepherd. Some of you have been on the run from your calling because of what you attempted to bury. You can just let that stay buried and you ain't got to have no shame and no guilt about what the blood of Jesus Christ has covered. It's in the past. God's got you covered and it's time to rise up and step into who God has always destined you to be. Amen. Moses runs from his destiny for 40 years. How many years are you going to spend on the run feeling like you're not good enough? Feeling as if your bad decision can cancel out his good decision. Mm, I'm preaching. God very well could have used him as the Pharaoh. But the story is not over. Forty years later, and it's still not over. Shout, it's not over. It's not over. If it wasn't over for Moses, it's not over for you. If it wasn't too late for him, it's not too late for you. Because goodness and mercy is following after you. Destiny is chasing after you. God's not done yet. Moses could have messed up plan number one, but he could not take the pen out of God's hand. God was still writing the story. And you may have messed up plan A. And you may have messed up plan B. And you may have messed up plan number C. But I got some news for you. God still got the pen in his hand. And the ink's not running dry. God's still determined to get you to your destiny. I can quit now, open the altar, let you pray, and radically change your life. Forty years later... The Bible says, look at down to verse 23, it says, after a long time, the kingdom of Egypt is dead. The Israelites groaned because of their difficult labor, and they cried out. And their cry for help ascended to God because of the difficult labor. I feel like there should be some celebration that the Bible's making it clear that the people that were being abused, rejected, neglected, persecuted, when they begin to cry out, their voice made it to the heavenly realms. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Yes, thank you, Jesus. And so you have to learn to stop sending your voice 
this way and start sending your voice that way. Because there is nobody this way that can get you out of your mess. There's nobody this way that can be your deliverer. But there is one up there that is willing to step in every time he hears the cry. Every time he hears the burdens of his people. He can't help but to get involved. But he's waiting on you to stop looking at everybody else and to start looking up here. Now watch this. There, there is legacy in this. There's so much in this message that I couldn't even write a sermon. I just had to bring the word and let's see where we go. Would that be all right? Mm -hmm. And so watch this. It says that they cried out and, and that cry ascended to God. The biggest problem in your life and the number one reason why you're lacking breakthrough is the absence of the cry that's being heard in the heavenly realms. That's why I asked the leaders to meet me at 9 o'clock at this altar and pray this morning before church. Knowing it's inconvenient, knowing that it's not, it's, not, it's not easy, but I'm calling for prayer because this is what I know. That when our voice reaches there, heaven is going to respond. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. You're getting quiet. And so watch this. When the, when, when the voice, when the cry finally got to the heavenly realms. Watch this, Elder Rick. Here's legacy. Verse 24. So God heard their groaning, and when he heard their groaning, it says he remembered the covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and so he saw the Israelites, and he took notice. So the, so the, so the ancestors of the people that in burden lived in such a covenant with God that when they begin to cry out, God said, I recognize the sound of their voice. Their voice reminds me of those that came before them. You're not getting the revelation and you're taking a lap. <laughs> you need to understand that when we get our voice shifted up to the heavens, God remembers all that came before us. And he remembers every promise that he ever made for every general, every prophet, every preacher, every intercessor that was ever in covenant with God and prayed for a third awakening. When he hears the cry of the people praying, he hears our voice and he remembers the last time he spoke. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. That's legacy. What if we lived our lives so radically sold out to Jesus? That when our grandchildren are going through a mess, God hears their cry and says, I remember their grandfather. I remember their grandmother. I remember how they used to walk with me. What if we live where our voice caused a remembrance to the heavens? Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Mm. So God takes notice. And when God takes notice, he gets involved. So here we are, chapter 3. Meanwhile. Yeah, meanwhile. meanwhile. So all this is going on, and Moses is shepherding the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro. So Moses went from being in line to being Pharaoh or one of Pharaoh's men, being royalty, to running away out of fear. And now, instead of fulfilling his vision, he's attending to somebody else's flock. Sometimes in life, when you mess up, God's going to push you through some things mm -hmm. to try you out. 
Sometimes before God can ever let your vision become a reality, he has to see if you're willing to serve somebody else's vision. Sometimes before God will ever give you a house, he wants to see how you act in somebody else's house. I'm preaching. And so Moses for 40 years is shepherding somebody else's flock. When you learn how to treat others, God will treat you a lot better. God sees when you raise your voice at your spouse and he despises it. Come on. Your attitude of taking care of the people you love make God want to vomit. And yet stand on a stage or serve somewhere in a church and bless God. God says, I won't bless anything about you until you change you and learn to serve somebody other than you. That's right. Come on. You can't treat people like garbage and expect God to bless you. That's right. Amen. And don't you say, well, I just got an anger problem. No, you've got a sin problem. That's right. That's right. But the blood of Jesus Christ can absorb that anger and take it away today. Amen. 40 years serving somebody else. Then God shows up. And God says, you've been so faithful over here. I'm about to take you over here where you belong. I'm about to take you back to the mess up so we can get it right. Mm-hmm. If you're believing God to take you back to the place of the mess up so you can finish this thing out right in your life, then I dare you to take five seconds and let God know you're ready for him to take you The mountain of God. Now I could teach an entire incredible theological message on the depths of leading to the mountain of God and everything that happened to the mountain of God, but that'll have to be to another time. But you need to know this. Sometimes God's got you moving so that you can get into alignment for your assignment. You cannot fulfill your assignment when you're out of alignment. God has to get you into position for provision. Did you hear me? You got to get in position for the provision. You got to be in alignment for your assignment. And so it is at this moment, while Moses is serving Jethro, his father-in-law, taking care of his sheep, taking care of his herd, that, that he gets to the mountain of God. And when he gets to the place that God is going to mark the spot, and when God marks a spot, it's always marked. Amen. Yeah. <coughs> No, come on, yeah, like you're not Pentecostal. I said, when God marks a spot, it's always marked. Yeah. That's why we can celebrate that we prayed for precious Jaden, who said, the doctor said that, that she had Crohn's disease. Is that right? Mm-hmm. And when she got to Columbus, it wasn't there. Amen. Right here in this spot. God absolutely loves you. I'm not supposed to embarrass people. And so just pretend nobody is in the room but me and you. He absolutely loves you. And what he did that day, he will do every day for the rest of your life. Amen. 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 Woo! Are we in church? And so at this same spot, Elder Dale. Come here, Elder Dale, right now. 
Elder Dell stood in the same spot. Actually, that was before Jada was ever here. You were at that same spot. You came to this church and you had depression on you. You 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 could you didn't talk to nobody or nothing. You were grieving, so overwhelmed with grief because of your father leaving this world and going into eternity. But it was at this same spot that I laid my hands on you and God instantly, somebody shout, instantly. Instantly. Broke that depression off of him. Mm -hmm. Am I in church? Instantly broke off a decade's worth of depression right here in this spot because God led him to the backside of the mountain so that he could get in alignment for his assignment and God broke it off. So much broke it off that his son that was secretly dealing with alcoholism, going home every night, drinking himself, disappearing from his family, having a mess, so much broke the chains off at the backside of the mountain where God marked the spot right here that his son said, I noticed a difference in dad and I've got to get to that same backside of the mountain. on him and instantly alcoholism was broke off of him and he hasn't had a drink in the last several months and he's a straight A student at Bible college right now. God wants to get you to the back side of the mountain so he can bless you. Shout for the spot that God's given us. Yeah. At this spot, just on Thursday night, Autumn got a out. Thank God that he marks the spot. And thank God that he's getting you to the spot so you can be marked. side of the mountain and watch this verse 2 then the angel of the Lord Christ pre-incarnation appears to him in a flame of fire within a bush as Moses looked he saw the bush was on fire but it was not consumed so Moses thought shout thought He thought, I must go over there and look at this remarkable sight. Why is the bush, why isn't the bush burning up? So Moses, after 40 years of serving somebody else, he leads this this movement to the backside of the mountain, to God's mountain. He's in the spot. And when he's in the spot, he sees a bush that is on fire. Now, those of you that have never been outside the United States or into that part of the world, it is not uncommon to see a burning bush in the desert because the sun is so hot, it can set it on fire and it happens all the time. Wildfire, all the time, bushes on fire. So there was nothing uncommon 
about seeing a fire. What was uncommon and what he took notice of is that the fire was not consuming the bush. The bush wasn't going anywhere. The bush wasn't being destroyed. It wasn't withering. There was fire that wasn't killing anything. And so he took notice of it and said, I must get closer to the fire that's not burning out. He had a thought and began to think, I've got to get to where the fire is not burning out and where the fire is not causing harm. I've got to get to the place where the fire is not pushing them out, but it's bringing them in. i got to get to the fire. He began to have a thought about the fire that wasn't destroying, but yeah. was consuming. Yeah. And said, I've got to get to that. Yeah. There have been some people in Appalachia that have seen fire in church, That's right. but we've never seen a fire that didn't go out. And God is desperate to set the tri-state on fire with a fire that doesn't go out until he returns. There is no fire where there is no sacrifice upon the altar. You are the reason we don't have fire. You are the reason you don't have fire in your home. Because the Bible says that where sacrifice is set upon the altar, God will always consume it. And so your lack of sacrifice is causing the lack of fire in your life. That's not to beat you up. That's to tell you, put some sacrifice on your altar and the fire shall surely come. They've seen fire, but it's a fire that hurts people. They begin, he begin to think. You need to praise God for the thoughts that are already happening by outsiders about the fire at Impact Church. Come here, Brandon, quickly. Come up here. Right quick. Come on. Come here. Come on. Quickly. Right up here. Because God marked that spot right there for you. When we met Brandy, she was living as Brandon. And, and, no, God, don't have to talk about anything like that in church. <laughs> we'll run them, we'll scare them off, we'll run them away. She wants to be called Brandon, call her Brandon. No, the devil's a liar and I'm not going to be one. said, my name is Brandy and I'm a woman. I'm a daughter of God. I dare you to shout for fire that can They are scratching their head trying to figure out how there's a fire inside and she walked in as a transgender but walked out transformed and now she preaches this gospel. Now she prays this gospel. And when Preach 
spirituality and it doesn't make them run off, they become holiness preachers. Yeah. The fire that God's going to put in this little church, people from all over the country are going to begin to wonder about the fire. Not because they've never seen fire, they've never seen a fire that doesn't go out. They've never seen a fire that doesn't harm them, but they're torn. the responsibility to steward the fire. That's right. Amen. Because the moment the sacrifice starts, the fire goes out. That's right. Yep. We get offended. We get upset. Someone hurts my feelings. So I leave the fire. And it goes out. Generation after generation after generation. God looking for some people that say, God, I don't care how angry I get. I don't care how offended I get. I'm committed to the fire. I'm going to sit my blessed assurance right here in Ironton, Ohio. I'm going to guard that altar. I'm not going anywhere. There ain't nobody pushing me out. There ain't nobody getting me out. I'm going to make sure that the fire on the altar stays bright. Praise God for praise God. This is how you know we're doing it right when we're raising up sons and daughters. Yes. Like this. For the this Thursday night and those who are watching online, listening by radio, Jared came a year ago to our church. Is that right? A little over a year ago? A little over a year ago. Now, when Jared came to our church, he had a couple of felonies. Is that right? And he has none now.
that he said when he was invited at first, he said, no, don't stop inviting. But he didn't come on an invitation. He just made a decision that he was going to show up. Yeah. Yeah. The invitations didn't work, but God was sowing seed through them. Yeah. Yeah. So in actuality, they were working. Yeah, that's right. And so somewhere along the line, Jared began to take notice about the fire and how it was changing Misty and how it was changing Gracie. Yeah. So he began to think about the fire and said, I've got to get closer to the fire. Now they say, Pastor David, you preach it too hard. You're not sensitive enough to the problems in our life. I didn't come to patty cake you. And if that's what you want, we've got a nursery downstairs, downstairs. I will take you down there and give you some baby wipes. seriousness, I promise you there's nobody that can match the burden I have for your life other than the Lord himself Amen. because I carry his burden for you and I want to see you have breakthrough. Amen. Yeah. But I dismiss the excuses that are just garbage. Amen. So anyway, where was I? So, so you just begin to think about it, and then you came. And you had shared with them you never felt comfortable in church, and that's why you didn't want to come. So he comes to the church where the chubby bald guy gets up and preaches as loud and as hard as anybody, and he said, I felt comfortable. <laughs> he left here, and the first time from the first experience with the fire in the house, he told Misty, you know, I felt comfortable. I felt like I was at home. Amen. That's what fire does. Yeah. Amen. Amen. It makes him think and take steps closer yeah. to see the fire that is burning. Yeah. But God's not just setting this church on fire. He's setting you on fire. I said, he's not just setting the world on fire. He's setting you on fire. Thank you, Joe. Now we're going to ordain him here in just a few weeks. Yeah. Amen. Few months, we're going to I said, we're going to ordain him here. I love you. Thank you. So, is this all right? Yes. And so, so watch this. So, Moses thinks about the fire and says, I've got to step closer to the fire. So he takes a step closer to the fire. And watch this. Verse 4. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called out to him from the bush, Moses, Moses. Here I am, he answered. Watch what God says. Don't come closer. He said, remove the sandals from your feet. For the place that you are standing is holy ground. Amen. Yes. Amen. Amen. So watch this. God leads Moses to the spot, the backside of the mountain, 
and that he manifests in a fire that is so pure and it's not destroying anything that Moses begins to have thoughts then Moses begins to have steps and then when Moses takes steps God says that's far enough until you take something off Because the fire of God, you can only get so far until God demands for you to take some things off. Yeah, that's right. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Oh, he could have burned off his shoes, but his feet would have felt it. And God could just release his fire to give you dominion, but he's looking for you to get dominion through decision. Yeah. Yeah. And so he tells Moses, you can't come any closer. This is holy. Take your shoes off. And I heard Elder Schemes preach three years ago at a retreat that we did that God wanted to take his, take his shoes off. Number one, it's customary. It's an honor thing. It's a humility thing. And we need honor and we need humility in the house of God. Amen. 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 And watch this. If you don't have honor and humility towards one another, God doesn't accept your fake humility and honor towards Him. What you've done unto the least of these, you've done unto Him. Honor people. Do you know that Pastor Blake has been my childhood best friend? And when he came here and became a pastor, I changed in my phone, Pastor Blake. So that every time I called him, I had to tell Siri, because I always tell Siri to make my calls. Siri, call Pastor Blake so that it could get in my head and I could begin to honor him. When Kim went from being a deacon to a pastor, I changed it in my phone. If you look at it right now, it says Elder Schemes. It says Pastor Kevin. I have trained myself to honor God's people. Amen. Because honor is his language. And so part of taking off the shoes was honorary and it was humility. But there's another layer of this. God did not want anything, not even the sole of a sandal, to be between the holy ground of God and the feet of men. God wants absolutely nothing, absolutely nothing, standing between you and the fire. What do you got to get off so you can get closer? What is it that you have to take off today so that God can give you the invitation to come closer. For Moses, it was his shoes. For you, it might be an attitude. Mm. Yes. What is it about you that needs to be removed so that God's not saying, stop? We're not getting you any closer until we deal with this. God is a God that always wants to deal with it. That's why he says, come together and let us reckon this. Yeah. Mm. Do you want more? Yeah. I don't have sermon notes. I'm just preaching. You want more? Yeah. So, so he says, take off your shoes. You're on holy ground. And then he identifies himself. He says, I am the God of your father. I'm the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Moses had his face. Because he hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. So notice, here's shout legacy. Legacy. Shout, there's legacy in the flame. Legacy in the flame. Legacy in the flame. Legacy in the flame. 
Legacy in the flame. There's legacy in the flame. Before God even gives him his name, God first, this is the first conversation God's ever had with Moses. And the first way he describes himself, I am the God of your ancestors. God wants to be known through the lives of people. And he wants the legacy of every generation passed on. Because when Moses heard, I'm the God of Abraham, Moses knew, oh my gosh, I know that God. I'm the God of Isaac, oh my gosh, I know that God. Why aren't you living so radical, so miraculous, that when your grandchildren hear a voice in a fire someday, that God can say, I'm the God of your grandmother. Yeah. I'm the God of your mother. I'm the God of your father. Amen. Amen. Most of us are living to where God has to make an excuse for us instead of elevate us. <laughs> in the old covenant, Without the baptism of the Holy Spirit, these men were in such a covenant that God could reveal himself through them. Yes. So God reveals who he is. Now watch this. Look at verse 7. I have observed the misery of my people. Yes. And I've heard them crying out. If you've ever been miserable, there's hope in Jesus Christ. Yeah, if you cry yourself to sleep at night depressed and nobody knows but the pillow that collects the tears, you need to hear God say, I have observed their misery. Yes. I have heard their cries. I know all about it. Yeah. And he says, because of their oppressors. So God only knows, not God not only knows the problem, he knows what's causing the problem. Amen. He yeah. knows the source of the problem. And in verse 8, get ready to shout. He says, I have come down. The reason that I'm in the fire, I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians to bring them from the land to a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, yeah. the territory of the Canaanites. And it goes on and lists all the, watch what God said. He said, I appeared in fire because I heard their misery and I'm about to take them from one space to another. I'm about to take them from the place where there's not much space into a new territory where they can run wild with freedom. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Watch this. So, so Moses saw the bush. That got his attention. He began to think about it. He took steps towards it. And then he heard a voice. And that voice identified itself. Here's the best part of this message today. They're going to begin to think about and have thoughts about the fire in this place. Mm -hmm. They will begin to step into this place to get closer. But when they get real close, they're no longer going to be thinking about the fire. They're going to be consumed by the voice that's speaking in the midst of the fire. It's all about Jesus. The burning bush was all about Jesus. The burning fire of impact church is all about Jesus. The fire that is placed on the inside of you is all about Jesus. 
Jesus, he was no longer talking about the flames. He was no longer talking about the bush. He was talking to the voice. They're about to have a conversation with a voice. I said they're about to have a conversation with a voice that can change everything. It just took the fire to get him in. This is what the voice said. I've seen your misery. Yeah. I've seen it. I've seen your barren woman. I've seen, I've seen all the burdens of your life. I've seen it. And I took note of it. Mm. And I just stepped in so you could step out. If I could get you just to believe this with 30% of your heart, it changed everything. He's stepping in so that you can step out. Amen. The promised land didn't come to them. God took them to it. Amen. Oh, that's good. Amen. That's good. So your blessing, Pastor Blake, your new house isn't just going to come to you. You have to possess it. That's you right. have to go to it. Yeah. You can't buy that house and then I'm going to pick it up and move it all the way down to Louisa. You're going to have to move into it. Yeah. Some of you have to be willing to move. Because your provision is not where you currently reside. Egyptians and the Hebrews, 
You murdered a man. You acted out on your own. And it caused a setback. But I'm about to set you up, Moses. And you're about to go right back to that Pharaoh. And my anointing is going to be with you. And when you walk away from him, you're taking all the people with you. Mm. It's time for you to get fired. Yes. And then to show back up in your destiny. Yes. Show back up in your dreams. Show back up in your vision. Show back up in your hopes. Show back up at the PTA meeting. Show back up to your children. Show back up where they wanted to kill you and crucify you and couldn't get over what you did. Show back up with the fire of God. Yeah, man. And then lead people to provision. Yeah. Every eye closed. I need you to be real with me. I mean real. Are you living with fire? I mean, is there fire in the belly? I appreciate my wife honoring this morning. I, I, I don't always get it right. I, I, I still struggle. I still have sins and I still have all the mess ups that make me want to run. I still have moments that God's grace has to cover me. But there's one thing I have that the devil cannot take, and that's my fire. Yeah. Amen. And I refuse for any mishap to ever take my fire. But what about you? Do you wake up with fire in your belly? Mm. Is your church position just something that you half fill in the blank do? Mm. Or is it something you do with a burning desire? Is there fire? If there's no fire, the only way to get fire is to lay yourself down as a living sacrifice upon the altar of God and wait for the fire to come. Yes. If you're here today, no music, because I don't want to move you emotionally. If you're here today and you need fresh fire, step out of your seat, go down at the altar, Lay your life down on this altar and ask God, set me ablaze. Come on. Some are coming. Come on. Lay yourself down on the altar of God and cry out, set me ablaze. I need fire. I need fire. I need fire. Pastors, you should be up here praying with people that are praying for fire. Come on, pray. Those of you that are still in your seat, right from where you are, begin to lift up your voice and to pray for the fire of God in our church and in our city. Right now, right where you are. Come on, lift up your voice. Those of you that are watching at home, type in the word fire. If you type in the word fire, we will personally contact you and pray for you. We release the fire of God. Hallelujah. 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 H
Set them ablaze. Set them ablaze. Fresh fire. Fresh Fresh fire. Father, we declare the fire comes. Hallelujah. It cleanses every ounce of impurity out of us, Father. Lord, we declare that we are on fire for you now. Not being consumed, Lord, but it's a tangible fire that can be felt, that can be seen everywhere that we go. Lord, let us take this fire that we have gotten today outside with us into the community that is sick, that is dying, that is oppressed, that is addicted. Lord, let the fire burn the impurities out of Ireton. Lord, let the fire burn the impurities out of Ashland and Huntington, Father. Lord, let us be the ambassadors of your Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just begin to lift up your voice this morning and declare and echo what the angels are proclaiming right now in the heavenly realm. Just, just say this with me. Holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy. Holy. Is the Lord God Almighty? Is the Lord God Almighty? Holy, 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 holy. Is the Lord God Almighty? Is the Lord God Almighty? With the depth in your spirit of the understanding of His holiness. Yes. Holy, 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 holy. Is the Lord God Almighty? Come on. Shot fire. Ah! 